All right, what's up, Willie? Welcome to another episode of Scotty Talks Philly Sports. Uh, You know, coming in on this fine Monday, had a nice weekend off, enjoyed myself for my birthday, you know, wasn't putting content out, didn't touch the laptop at all, and uh, just had to take some time off, man, get get some, you know, family friend time in, and... uh, you know, I still watch some sports. I definitely watched the Flyers and Phillies over the weekend and uh, mixed results, of course. Anything <laughs> regarding Philly sports is always mixed results these days. Um, so to start off the show, we got a couple shout outs. Uh, you know, a lot of, sh- a lot of shit going on in, in, in 2020. Um, obviously not a lot of good shit. Um, try not to bring first of all try not to bring you know social injustice and and politics onto the show but to a sense you know we do have to pay respects uh to what's going on in the nba and how they you know kind of stood up against uh you know just police brutality towards african americans and uh that whole um you know the guy that got shot in the the back you know seven times um that's inexcusable and then you you know you have this other guy a white male who comes out with an automatic rifle lives to tell his story murders two people and you know people are calling him a hero so um shows you how backwards america is right now i try not to bring too much of that negativity onto the show but at the same time you got to bring awareness to uh the disadvantages of you know people of color in this country and uh, i think we all face it me and you i know we have dealt with it um in our lives um just a simple uh you know walking into a room and feeling uncomfortable because of your skin color is a thing and um just wanted to shed some light as african-american um you know it, it, it isn't easy and it's, it's something to take serious and it's something that needs to be talked about uh in the right time so i did want to take that time you know to point that stuff out um as far as uh some other stuff that's going on there was uh what three three pretty significant uh deaths uh you know regarding at least the podcast or philadelphia or you know the world um over the weekend so first of all, I did just want to shout out um, my man, Phil, our co-host, our uh, part-time co-host from All About the Birds, uh, Phil Stifle, Beard and Knowledge on Twitter. Um, he lost his dog of 15 years over the weekend. So we wanted to go ahead and shout out Decker. Um, you know, dogs are, are humans' best friends and 15 years that's a that's how long you know how long have we known each other you know what i mean will so yeah um i don't even know if we've known each other 15 years so and uh we went to school and everything together so um it's it's crazy and and i definitely have been through it myself i had a golden retriever for 13 years lexi uh passed away a couple years ago but i know how hard that stuff is and uh just wanted to shout out uh phil you know, he's a guy who works really hard in this uh, this industry as far as, you know, reporting on on Philly sports and keeping everybody in the loop. And uh, just wanted to share some, you know, condolences with him uh, for his dog, Decker. Um, you know, another, I mean, a huge one over the weekend, um, Chadwick Bozeman blew my mind. What, that was Friday night that we found out about that. Yeah. You know, you're the one that texted me about it. So yeah, man, I was, I was actually, you know, having some drinks with my friends, uh, celebrating my birthday and 
you know, one of them, you know, Mark, he, uh, he got like an update and we were like, what? Chadwick Boseman? Like what happened to him? Was it an accident? You know, cause like nobody in the world knew that he had cancer. Like, and that just shows that speaks to how strong of an individual he is to not mm. ask for any sympathy. He didn't need anybody to know about it outside of his family and close friends. And, um, it was a uh, completely saddening. I, I, I might've shed a few tears, you know, just cause the roles that he's played have just meant, you know, the world to, um, once again, the African community, African American community. Yeah. And, um, you know, the, the roles don't stop at black Panther. I mean, 42 Jackie Robinson, you know, he played James Brown. Mm. So, I mean, the five bloods, like these are, you know, historic legendary, um, African American based movies. And um, he was just a, a good, a good ass person. You know, you've seen the videos, you've seen how it gives back to kids that were terminally ill. And it just kind of blew my mind. Cause that's why, not necessarily the only reason why he got so worked up in some of those interviews, but you just imagine what he's going through in his mind, knowing what he's battling himself and how he relates to those kids and, and those terminally ill people. Um, yeah. So wanted to shout out Chadwick Boseman, RIP to him. Um, you know, love, loved, loved his movies. Uh, if you haven't watched the five bloods, definitely check that out. Um, I was yeah. telling, uh, my girlfriend the other day, man, that I'm sure that movie hits very differently now, um, that he's passed away because he kind of played a role of a guy that was just a memory. That's so true. So I think that movie, uh, I'm going to watch it again, I'm sure this weekend. And, uh, I do, I think that movie's going to hit like a whole different way. And, um, I'm just going to embrace it, you know? Yeah, that movie hits uh, me, and that's I think I'm going to watch it again, too. It's, just, it's that Marvin Gaye and him now. It's like, yeah, uh, man. Spike Lee, you know, it's, it's just got all the culture to it. it. It's beautiful movie. Um, yeah, rest in peace to uh, him, and also my condolences to Phil, too. I just want to say that, man. Yeah. It's been yeah, weird. Know, it's, 2020 is very weird, man. Yeah, it's, it's, it's such a weird year, man. And, um uh, one more shout out, uh, condolences wise to uh, John Thompson, uh, former oh, yeah. head coach of the George uh, Georgetown Bulldogs. Um, you know, significant role even in Philly sports, uh, in all sports, but even Philly sports. Um, a quote from Allen Iverson earlier today. You know, on the passing of John Thompson, and uh, he basically just said, you know, John Thompson saved my life. So um, we all know Allen Iverson played his college ball at Georgetown. Um, for John Thompson and, and, you know, just wanted to, to take some time to, um, you know, share some, some condolences for one of the best college head coaches of all time. A guy that, you know, brought up some legendary players and Patrick Ewing, you know, you know, a bunch of guys that went through that Georgetown uh, program. So just wanted to, yeah. to take a moment and uh, express some, you know, sympathy towards those, those uh, family, friends uh, and the lives, you know, that are affected. So um, we got that out of the way. Um, you know, I want to move on from the negativity. Uh, not necessarily negativity, but just uh, saddening, you know, news between the uh, social injustice going on in the world. Um, all these untimely deaths this year that are just, you know, they're hitting back to back to back to back to back. Mm -hmm. And um, we got to work through them together and uh, – stay you know stay strong and, and, and grow from them so um guess we'll start the show off with uh not the greatest news either uh, but let's get it out of the way 
Um, the Flyers obviously are down three to one in the series against the Islanders right now. Oh man! Um, and I, ah, man, it, it, it's tough for me, man, because uh, I had supreme confidence, you know, despite the Flyers' track record against the Islanders coming into this uh, this this series. And it is all, you know, kind of going downhill. Um, we're starting to see, you know, some of the Flyers' real flaws uh, as a team. And it is very disheartening, you know, they're – but at the same time, we cannot blame the Flyers for other Philly teams, you know, disappointment. You know, I can't sit here and rely on so much from the Flyers just because the Sixers got swept in the first round. You know what yeah. I mean? Coming into this season with a brand-new head coach – um, and I do want to say before I say this, I'm not conceding the series. Anything's possible. Um, I said the series would go seven games anyways, and the Flyers would win four to three. It's going to take a lot more um, in order to make that happen now. They would have to win, you know, three in a row against a team that they just lost two in a row to. So, um, excuse yeah, me. Yeah, <laughs> what's, what's up with the Islanders uh, coming out of nowhere, man? It's just so – Man, um, <clears throat> they're – they're very uh, well-coached team, very strong team, experienced team. Um, what, they ran through the uh, the Capitals in the first round. Uh, yeah. What, they beat them 4-1 to one too. So, I mean, it, they're just – they're keeping it moving, man. And yeah, um, I already went through the heartbreak. The thing with the – right. <laughs> the thing with the Flyers, man, is that, you know, similar to what we saw in the first round that had us worried about the Flyers, you know, the scoring ability – um, the key guys uh, on offense that are just not performing to their ability, um, you know, Konechny still doesn't have a goal. Uh, Claude Giroux still doesn't have a goal. Um, Cooch just got his first goal of the series last game. So, I mean, these are the guys that led our team in goals scored, assists, you know, points. Yeah. And they're not – they're and mind you, Claude Giroux, he showed up last game and he got a few nice shots, but he's just not capitalizing – and um, from a leader, your captain, you need you need in those moments to capitalize, and that's the difference between our teams right now. Is the the Islanders are capitalizing on our mistakes, every single one of them. Um, the Flyers rely way too much on their goalie. It, it does not, you know, you can't win like that, uh, especially when you're dealing with a 22 year old goalie. He can't win you every single game. Um, <clears throat> Elaine Vignon got uh, criticized. Not heavily, but pretty badly uh, for not starting Carter Hart last night in the second, you know, the back end of the the back-to-back games. Um, I'm kind of on the fence there. I'm, I'm not going to criticize him for that. Carter Hart's 22 years old. If he if he needs a night off, you know, in a back-to-back in the middle of the playoffs, you know, yeah. I get it. I get that end of things. You have an experienced goalie and Brian Elliott moves behind him. Um, but at the same time, it's the playoffs. It's win or go home every game. So it's like, ah, you might yeah. want to put your, you know, your, your, <laughs> your, your heart. This is where you got to show your heart, man. Yeah, yeah. you got to play it out. Cause you know, if we don't win this series, then what does that game uh, four mean to us that we sat Carter Hart out and, and saved him <laughs> for a game that we're not even going to play? You know what I mean? Yeah. So that could be a uh, something that's looked back on as a learning curve. Like maybe don't do that next year. Um, but uh, I'll keep the faith in the Flyers. Hope is dwindling. Um, they're they're a good team, man. And uh, overall, I think they're overachievers this year by getting the number one seed. 
nobody expected yeah. them with the new coach this year to, to, to get the number one seed in the Eastern Conference and, you know, run the table. So that's why it was, it was so exciting to see. Yeah, I think exactly. I saw Joe Girardi say some, uh, something to the press today. Like, it's not my, just my fault or something, you know, but we'll have to man. see. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, and mind you, shout out to Joe Girardi. He showed some real um, inspiring behavior last night in the Phillies game against the Braves. He actually got ejected, yeah. but that is, uh, that's the fire that I like to see out of, uh, you know, a, a, a club manager or, you know, a head coach. All these guys, they're under stress. Fits in, fits in with Philly, you know what I mean? <laughs> but um, so we're just going to jump in. Uh, enough about the Flyers. Uh, hopefully they come back and can take a handle in this series tomorrow night, uh, Tuesday night. Um, let's not – it's too early to go home. We don't want to go home yet. Um, yeah. Let's dive into some birds talk. Um, before we dive into the birds talk, I did want to shout out my guy uh, Giovanni, Team Gio. I uh, got the shirt on, guys. If you don't have shirts yet, make sure you go out and support him, man. Uh, it, it all goes to his charity, his donation. Um, just trying to help him out. Uh, he's, 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 he's battling every day, and uh, he's one of the strongest Eagles fans I know. Um, so, uh, yeah, Giovanni, hang in there, buddy. We're all praying for your surgery tomorrow. Hopefully that goes well for you. And uh, we're looking forward to those uh, those Brawl Network podcasts, man. That, that's fun stuff. That's awesome that uh, Brawl Network supplied him with that platform. And uh, it's interesting, man. Prayers to Giovanni. We got we're supporting you, brother. So uh, just hang in there and keep the positivity. Keep fighting. Um, let's uh, let's dive into the birds, man. It's not all great news, you know, like with the positive episode. <sighs> Uh, <laughs> By the way, that's just so crucial, the, the fact that we made that, and now it's just like, do we, what do we do, make the negative episode? because <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's not all negative, man. We're gonna I know, I know. <laughs> but uh, it is – it is uh, – It's like I'm blowing you up, like, you hear about Carson? You hear about Sandy? Yeah, man. <laughs> The Carson, oh, the Carson injury didn't hit me as much as the uh, Rieger one, um, yeah. which we'll go through it. You know, Eagles injuries. Uh, we lost Dillard since the last episode. We lost Dillard for the season. For the season, see yeah. that. Um, Dillard, man, uh, just to stay on that on that note, the offensive line. Uh, I was really looking forward to seeing Dillard in like live play this year. Obviously, he hasn't been the most impressive uh, since we drafted him or since, you know, tr- the start of training camp. Even he was getting dominated by, you know, Joe Osman, Josh Wett, these guys that, you know, shouldn't necessarily dominate a, a starting caliber left tackle that's guarding yeah. star quarterback's blind side. So, um, <laughs> yeah, the offensive line is in terrible shape. Um, and it's hard to even, you know – it's hard to even grasp what we're going to do with our offensive line right now. Cause you know, with the Dillard injury came the suggestion to move Jason Peters back to left tackle. Jason Peters comes out and says, you know, I'm not playing left tackle unless you pay me more. So um, he got the, the base, you know, $3 million contract to play right guard. He said, he's not playing left tackle. That's not what he got paid for. Um, 
I know a lot of people are on different sides with this. Uh, I'm actually on the side of the Eagles. I think that is just completely and utterly selfish as selfish, man. Come on, help us out, dude. Yeah, help us. Dude, I mean, I saw the numbers of what the Eagles have paid him over his career. It's up over $100 million. So, I mean, come on, dude. We've, We've held you down for how many years that, you know, Eagles fans have been on the fence, what, the last two years about him, you know, retire. Like, you're, you're honest. Like, we want to see – we had wanted to see Dillard. And, like, yeah. mind you, obviously, after we saw Dillard, you know, we were kind of like, oh, should right. we go back to Peters? But, like, <laughs> that's not the point. It's like we've held him down. and He's been an Eagle for the majority of his career, man. And uh, we paid him a lot of money. And uh, I'm not one to, like, defend the owners, you know, the GMs that just don't want to give out money. Look at our cap situation, man. Why are you you costing us more money? Give the opportunity for a guy like Ertz to get paid. Other guys to make money, you know what I mean? Um, So, on that end, I thought that was completely selfish. Um, Go ahead and just stick your ass at the right guard, man. And – if you if you tend to suck right there, then maybe we'll just cut him. <laughs> yeah, man. So, it's just like uh, the selfishness I, I, is what's killing me. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't. I at the end of the day, I, I would like a system where you just do what the coach says um, and play where you're told to line up. I uh, thought that's what it that's was. That's what I prefer. That's the way I grew <laughs> up. But um, you know, yeah. obviously. There's people out there that believe players should get paid whatever they think they should get paid. I'm not on that end. I think they get. Uh, paid a lot of money anyways, you know, yeah. to a certain extent. Like I said, I'm not, you know, one to say, you know, the owners should keep all their money. GM should keep all the money for the owners. I'm not on that end. I just think for a guy that's made so much money off of our team for so long. Um, and mind you, he's played great for us. Like, don't get me wrong yeah. there. He's a Hall of Fame left tackle. But look out for the team for once. You know what I mean? Just look out for yeah. us for once, man. I. Makes That's me how nervous. I feel about that. <laughs> so with him, you know, refusing to go to the left side of the line and play left tackle, now we got Matt Pryor, who was who we thought before we signed Jason Peters back to right guard, we thought he would play right guard for uh, Brandon Brooks, who already went down. Um, so Matt Pryor is l- lining up on left tackle and Jason Peters at right guard. Doesn't make sense, but. Um, Pryor was nice enough to not ask for more money to go play over there. So um, that's just the way we're rolling. Uh, Honestly, I've seen a lot of rumbling about Jack Driscoll, um, the guy we drafted from uh, Auburn. Not a bad option to, you know, just throw a guy out there and see what's going to happen. Because, I mean, if Matt Pryor's struggling, you know, you may as well take the time to develop a rookie like Jack Driscoll and see what you got in him. Exactly. Exactly. no you matter see what, what these guys are about now, you know. Yeah, exactly, well. exactly, man. Well. And no matter what, at this point, the offensive line is going to be a little sketchy. We're going to have some growing pains this year, and all you can do is pray that Carson Wentz can, you know, stay healthy behind that line because oh. it's going to be different from anything that he's faced. He's played with some pretty good offensive lines, man, and um, this is definitely the sketchiest one. Uh, you talk about, you know, Brandon Brooks going down. That's an you know, our best offensive lineman, maybe. So he goes down, then you get your starting left tackle in Dillard, you know, our first round pick from last year goes down for the season. You know what I mean? So um, 
Line's not in a good spot. I wouldn't be mad. I know people are, uh, you know, talking up this Leonard Fournette guy, uh, the running back from Jacksonville, which we'll get into that later. Um, but I think the Eagles need to focus their attention on a whole other aspect of their team. You know, that offensive line is a group that may need some veteran help uh, when it comes yeah. down to it this season. You know, if these rookies just aren't ready, then what, yeah. you know, what can you do? You got to spend a little bit more money and, and get a position that you actually need. These um, other players are going to know these holes that we have. Yeah, so exactly. Like, exactly. So it's like we have to start. Uh, yeah, the old line's looking kind of like something we need to look at ASAP. Like, yeah, it's crazy. We, we don't want Wentz to get hurt. Or my, who do I got to speak to to – yeah, that be known. <laughs> exactly, man. And, um, you know, to stay on the injury front, obviously, um, you know, we lost Dillard. Uh, Rieger went down. He had like a partial tear in his shoulder, uh, dislocated his shoulder, you know, making a tackle on a, on a uh, Jalen Hurts interception during a scrimmage. Which, um, first of all, it's like, dude, I, I get it, though. I, I saw people were criticizing Rager for even trying to tackle in, in a scrimmage, you know what I mean, as an offensive player. He's just a rookie. He's trying to impress the team. Like, he's giving his all out there. It's understandable. Yeah, he's rookie, literally a rookie mistake, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> um, to be frank. But uh, overall, just disappointing. You know, he's our first-round pick. Uh, obviously, we struggled at the receiver position last year, and we wanted to see him get as many reps as he could early on in the season and get comfortable with Wentz uh, and just get comfortable with the team. You know, he's going to be our punt returner, um, and he's going to be involved in a lot of stuff. So we're going to have to wait off Excuse me, on that for a little bit. They're saying up to two um, weeks. Or it, it's like two well, like games, excuse me. Four weeks, two, two games. Two so games, we're about yeah, two yeah. weeks out from the start of the season. Um, they said we should get him back by the third or fourth week in the regular season. Um, disheartening, but it's not the worst news possible. So it's good on that front. Uh, take it with a grain of salt. Keep in mind, uh, the Eagles told us day-to-day with Deshaun Jackson last year. Didn't get surgery. We lost him for the whole season. Take it with a grain of salt with the Eagles medical staff. Never trust them, but uh, also don't have to get all narcissistic either. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it says we should be getting used to these punches. Yeah, so, I mean, we just <laughs> grind, keep it moving. Luckily, we have a lot of uh, young receiving prospects on the, on the squad this year. So, um, yeah. you know, it'll hurt, but we do got some guys back there that we uh, can develop and, and throw them out there and see what they've got. Yeah. Um, I did just want to, you know, kind of throw my starting receivers out there now that Rager did go down. Um, obviously, Deshaun Jackson. Um, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, I believe, was always going to start. Uh, he's he's going to start in place of Alshon, which, you know, it correlates. They're the same style of receiver. Uh, J.J.'s a little younger. Um, and then, you know, you got Greg Ward in the slot, and I think he's going to hold that down. That's his niche in the offense. He's a, he's a fair, you know, a veteran um, in the wide receiver room. And uh, I've seen a couple people saying, you know, he's like their sleeper to get cut. I don't, I don't see it. I, I think he has a niche in the offense. I think he has chemistry with Wentz. Um, I see a I don't lot of people saying that, man. Yeah, I, I don't see why you would get rid of Ward when you got a bunch of rookie wide receivers, you know, on your roster. So that just doesn't make sense to me. Uh, as a guy who showed he was reliable down the stretch last year. Yeah, I do see him starting, and I see him uh, – he's, he's, these guys, J.J. and Greg, are, are – you know, those are the two guys that we really got to, like, hey, yeah, you know, push them in. 
yo, yeah, we gotta be like, hey guys, it's, we got nobody right now. In the yeah, sense, you know? yeah, you know what I mean? And um, do what you, your best. Obviously, John Hightower has been impressing. I love, I love that that draft pick. Um, we'll see if he's ready to, you know, hop out on the field from the jump week one. Um, people are are you know holding him very high. He's been impressing at camp. Uh, yeah, Deontay like Burnett's been really impressing at camp as well. He's another sleeper guy that could make the team now that uh, Jalen Rager went down. Um, hard to figure out, like you know, all these. Uh, these roster cuts and how many wide receivers are really going to keep, you know, with uh, Alshon Jeffrey on the PUP list. Um, Hard to say, but Deontay Burnett is making a very strong case for his place on the team uh, from what I'm hearing. I'm just, I'm just counting on Doug and I hope, you know, like you said, optimistic uh, about it. Just, I hope Doug is, you know, man, he he proves another year of why he's the, he should be the dog. Yeah. I mean, dealing with that guy early. Yeah. We still got guys. Come on. Early and all. Good formation about it all. You know, shit. Right. So, uh, obviously, there's another injury, um, you know, which hopefully Jalen Rager, you know, gets back quick as possible. Um, there was another injury uh, on the scrimmage yesterday, Sunday. Uh, you know, Carson Winston suit up for the scrimmage, which I, when it first initially, because I was watching, you know, like the live coverage of them warming up for the scrimmage on Twitter. And uh, initially, I just thought, you know, a maintenance day for Carson Wentz. Like, what's he need to play in a scrimmage for? He doesn't need to earn a spot. It's more beneficial right now to see – this is like a preseason, so it's more beneficial right now to see guys like Nate Sudfeld and Jalen Hurts. Um, yeah. So it didn't concern me that much. Then it comes out, you know, he has like a soft tissue uh, something, you know, soft tissue tear in his lower body or something, slight tear – Nothing hindering him. Nothing that's going to make him miss any time. They're just being precautious. Um, of course, you know, what comes with Carson Wentz on the injury list comes, you know, the naysayers, uh, the people that yes. are prone, soft. Um, that was probably the worst part about it. If there was any time to be mysterious for the Eagles medical staff, I think that was the time to just say it was a maintenance day um, rather than, you know, disclosing information like that. Uh, I guess you got to be honest with the press, sure. Uh, They're not always like that, so it just kind of confused me. Um, Just brings bad attention to Carson Wentz, unnecessary. You know, obviously on the talk shows, people are saying, should we be concerned about Wentz? Should we be worried for this season? Can Wentz ever stay? We told you, we told you. Yeah, so, I mean, it's just the naysayers' chance to just, you know, clown Wentz, clown Wentz, negative, pessimistic towards Wentz. Um, Which drew me to this question, man. Um, you know, aside from players, you know, like Antonio Brown and, uh, you know, these players that kind of create the bad name for themselves and, you know, create this controversy around them. Is Carson Wentz the most controversial player in the NFL? I was going to say quarterback, but I think he is the most controversial player in the (laughs) NFL, man. He has to be because you look at it. Some people have him a top five quarterback in the NFL. And then other people, you know, in the NFL 100 list, he didn't even make the top 100 players in the NFL. So it's a good point, man. It's like he's at so many, he's at opposite ends of the scale everywhere. You know what I mean? You either love him or you really just freaking hate him. Like it's, it's weird. And so um, many people talk about him and it, it, 
some Eagles fans even give me anxiety from all this Carson <laughs> talk. And yeah. it's like, you know what? He could be, man, because all these people are looking at his injury the most. And just things like this, simple things like this, I'm already hearing it from, like, you know, yeah. like, he's going Dude, down. I mean, is there any other fan base that, you know, and, and, and this has been talked about before, you know, Philadelphia can be pretty toxic. Um. Mm-hmm. Is there any other fan base that would make Stan accounts for Jalen Hurts as their backup quarterback when you have a star quarterback like Carson Wentz? Like, that's what our fans have done. Like, they've made Stan accounts for a backup quarterback. So, I'm like, you know what I mean? I'm confused, man. Um, I've never seen – you know, and mind you, I'm not part of any other fan bases, so obviously that's why I haven't seen it. But – right. To just turn on your own players so fast, especially a player like Carson Wentz, who does so much for Philadelphia. He's such a good guy. Um, He's definitely so the, controversial, though, man. The numbers don't lie. You know what I mean? The people, yeah. It's not our fan base uh, mainly. Obviously, it's the NFC's fan base and the rest of the NFL that just is constantly clowning Wentz and just not giving him – the respect that he's earned, like his numbers don't lie. When he's on the field, he is a great quarterback. Um, yeah. You can say what you want about injuries, but he is a great quarterback when he's on the field. Um, like we've talked about before, none of those injuries correlate with each other. Now, if he comes out and tears his ACL this year, then it's something to be worried about. That's, that's, that's a, a double different injury. Discussion. Spot. So it's different. Um, but it's like yeah. it's, t- it's going to take a moment like that to us to finally make a statement going, all right, you're not saying you guys are right, but look, he was in, you know, he's injury prone. But right. I, I still don't see that just yet. That's my point. I can't see it, yeah. And I can't do that. At the end of the day, my job as a fan at, at the end of the day is to support the team. Obviously, when I'm on the show, I can talk in a real tone and, you know, address things the, the, in reality, you know what I mean? But as a yeah. fan, I'm optimistic about everything. We were talking about it before we started recording, man. It doesn't matter what the Eagles do in the offseason. By the time of the start of the regular season, I have convinced myself of a way that the Eagles can win the Super Bowl. It doesn't matter what other analysts say. It doesn't matter what other Eagles fans say, what other Cowboys fans say. I can convince myself every single year, and I can develop a plan in my mind of how the Eagles can make the playoffs and possibly win the Super Bowl every year. That's why I'm out about you, man. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's just how I operate, man. It's my job to be a fan, to support the team. Yeah. Um, you got a lot of fans out there that, you know, would rather be right than to support their team. So, and, and to each their own, you know what I mean? Everybody's a different type of fan. I'm not, uh, I'm not saying I'm the right type of fan or anything like that. Um, but, yeah, Carson Wentz, man, the most controversial player. And back to what you're yeah, and back to what you're saying, like, I'm scoring, I'm looking at other, you know, teams, but not like that, you know, and they could, and other fans of other teams could do what I'm doing. But, like, when I see something like, for example, today I'm scrolling and I see Cam Newton dancing with, you know, uh, you know, the Patriots, I'm like, yeah. okay, goodbye. You know, like, I scroll through it, but then I go to even see what other people say about Carson, and it's just – it's more added on. They're saying more harsh things. Yeah. They're not they, They're not counting him out. They're kind of like actually counting for him to get hurt in a sense to, you know, it's yeah. just crazy. I mean, think about it, man. I, look at how much, you know, a guy like Deshaun Watson is just beloved, bro. And mm-hmm. he has a similar injury history as Wentz. <laughs> it's very similar. 
The only difference between them would probably be the concussion that happened to Wentz last year, which, once again, is totally uncorrelated. Right. Um, but, I mean, Deshaun Watson has torn his ACL twice, and nobody talks about it. Nobody talks about it. But yet, Wentz is called soft. He's called, you know, fragile. Um, it, it, it's just weird to me. Cam Newton's another guy that has just been beat up his career. You know what I mean? Yeah. And to see the slander that, that uh, Wentz gets, it, it's just ridiculous. Um, even on the Nick Foles end, you know, he was never a guy that played a full season. You know, he got the starting job for Jacksonville and didn't finish the first game. So – but so much love there, right? Keep that energy the same, you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> if, if, if you hate injured players, then hate all of the injured players. Don't just hate the Eagles starting quarterback, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I just hope um, he dogs, you know what I mean? Yeah. I hope he dogs this season. Yeah, man. That's what uh, I'm, like, waiting for. I do. I, I think Carson Wentz, man, he is the most controversial player in the NFL. Um, aside from guys that kind of do it to themselves, like an Antonio Brown or Josh Gordon, you know what I mean? These guys that just can't keep their shit together. Um, you know, Odell chilled on it, honestly. I was going to mention it, but he he kind of chilled on it. He's chilled, man. He's trying to just find his role in Cleveland and get that shit right. Odell is somebody I hold very high. I think he's still up there, top five receiver in the league. Yeah. But um, but there is players like Got to get his mind know. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I I kind of I back you on that Carson man. I, he he definitely is just uh, so talked about in so many I mean, different bro, ways. Bro, like think about this. Uh, it was an interesting stat I I pulled from uh, Thomas. I believe it's Thomas RP on on Twitter. Um, but he he pulled it from uh, PFF, but you know I I'll give credit where I where I got it from. Um, Carson went. He had the most big-time throws in the fourth quarter in overtime in 2019 with 15 throws. For a guy that they say, you know, <laughs> is not clutch, he's not great, what, other th- what else do you have to do to be considered greatness? I mean, being the most clutch player in the fourth quarter in overtime in the season, what else do you have to do, man? I mean, every, it's like every week we find a new stat about how Wentz is just better than other quarterbacks that he's compared to, you know what I mean? Yeah, doesn't it? It doesn't make sense to me, man. It, most controversial player in the league. It, it it is a fact in my in my mind now. You know, now that yeah. I'm thinking about it, it it's a <laughs> fact, man. There, there's no- this has got to be the year. This is why you know it's kind of like you know us talking about you know Rager, like him just having these uh, you know being out. It's kind of like see, this is what makes me even a little bit nervous because it's like these are moments where uh, and where I want Wentz him having the options to explode, and yet. These things Already. are falling, or you know, but yeah. they'll they'll you know they'll play out. But still, like that's just already something that's missing already from the jump yeah. for Wentz. Yeah. No. So we we can't even t- you know we can't we always gotta give Wentz like damn like you don't even you don't even have this guy out yet or anything right. You know I mean? And you know, and a lot of the times we get you know accused of just always making you know excuses for Wentz as well. It's not like that, man. These are legit excuses. This guy was playing with Greg Ward and Deontay Burnett as his starters at the end of the season last year. That's a fact. <laughs> it's not an excuse. It's a fact. Um, yeah, yeah. Wentz, most controversial player in the league. I, get out of my face. He's a top five quarterback. I'm not hearing it. Same. And I guarantee you he's out there first week one. He's ready. The Eagles are just being, you know, cautious. They're, they're being cautious with their star quarterback. 
just like any other team would do. You know what I mean? Why would Wentz be playing in a scrimmage on a Sunday? Why? Two weeks before the season started. That doesn't make sense. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and you look at what happened to Rear, and, and that's why you don't have, you know, veteran guys like Wentz out there. Like, what if that happened to Wentz? We don't – we can't afford that before the season Oh, man. So – um, yeah, so next topic, man, It's it's been in discussions. I haven't touched on it much, you know what I mean, as far as paying Ertz. Um, you know, talks have died down a little bit since last week. Uh, a bunch of reports came out, you know, that basically the Eagles and Ertz have come to like a stalemate in the, you know, the extension talks. Obviously, Ertz isn't a guy that's – going to hold out on the season. I, I don't think he is, at least. I think he's a, you know, all-around team player, team guy. Not to say, you know, some guys aren't team players because they hold out. I mean, you deserve your money, you deserve your money, and Ertz certainly does. I wouldn't be yeah. mad at him if he sat out, if he if he pulled that on the Eagles, um, based off of what I've heard that they've offered him. Um, I wouldn't be mad, but, you know, Ertz, he, he, he blows our minds. So he's but, we, but we know Ertz, too. Yeah, you know, you know I mean? it's he gonna he's gonna play with Wentz. <laughs> so it was uh it was interesting stuff uh, that came out about the Ertz thing. You know, apparently they the Eagles came back and really lowballed him after uh, you know Kittle and Travis Kelsey got their big you know huge contracts to break the market for tight ends. The Eagles came back apparently you know um, from one of my sources came back and offered him less than what they offered him in the mid-season extension offer last season. So um, that's a slap in the face. Uh, obviously, you have to start somewhere with uh, contract talks. Sometimes yeah. it's, you know, the, it's either the player asking for too much and you got to dwindle them down or the team's offering not enough and you got to, you know, raise them up. So mm-hmm. um, you got to meet in the middle somewhere, which I'm, I have no, you know, I have no worries that how he's going to do that. I, we – we will take care of Zach Ertz. He's a Hall of Fame tight end. And uh, to the people that just say, you know, trade him or let him walk, what are you thinking? I There's people out there that really have the nerve to say, you know, like Goddard can be better than Ertz. You don't – I even saw somebody say, like, man, we could let Ertz go and have all the money and then draft a rookie that could take us. You can't just bet on that, man. You can't put your marbles in that basket. That's not a smart move. He is a Hall of Fame tight end. He has been the best receiver on our team the last three to four seasons. Mm -hmm. Like, legit. Best numbers, everything. He's been the most consistent receiving threat for Carson Wentz in his career. You don't do that. You you don't do that. That's not smart as a a GM or as even a fan that's asking for it. And if we did that, I promise you, man, I would, I would, I would, I would take a season where I'm hurt. Yeah, how the Eagles hurt. are. I would, I would, I would swear I'd be like, you guys don't treat, you guys actually don't treat. Maybe Jason Peters is right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, what's going on, dude? Like, oh man. But no, I, I feel like they'll work something now. Maybe Earth is kind of like we know Earth is going to show up, but also Earth always looks in the you know bigger picture. Yeah, I feel like, and and like I said, um, Ertz deserves his money. Yeah, straight up, he is a top three tight end in the NFL. He deserves his money. Um, it's crazy. Also, just a quick side note. Um, it's 
crazy how low in the draft uh, – I've done two fantasy drafts so far, and he's getting picked in, like, the, the fourth or fifth round. Really? I don't get it, man. Um, newsflash, he is the Eagles' number one receiver. I don't care if Deshaun Jackson is healthy. I don't care if Jalen Rager is healthy. <laughs> he's the Eagles' number one receiver. I, I, I don't get it, man. You know, he's yeah. going to put up numbers. I, I, I don't understand. Um, which we'll talk a little bit of fantasy at the end of this show. Uh, we do got the Scotty Talks fantasy football uh, draft tomorrow night at 10 p.m., so that should be fun. Uh, we'll That's definitely fun. recap that the next episode. Um, but, yeah, man, it, it pay hurts. Like, that, it's as simple as that. It, it's similar yeah. to, like, the JT Real Muto thing with the Phillies, man. Just give him his money. Stop playing around. Yeah, man. You're going to make this team worse if you try to get, you know, tricky and, and mysterious. And, and, you know, don't outsmart yourself. It's always so funny seeing Bryce just always doing something about it, like saying something. Don't outsmart it. yourself, man. Yeah, it, man it, it would be such a colossal, idiotic move um, for, the, for the Eagles. Hey, team. kind of being random, I've seen CEO or one of our CEOs, Jeffrey. Yeah. He made a statement today. Um, and it talked. To, it was very, you know, a nice speech about you know racism and all. Yeah. But I thought he was gonna uh, inquire about the injury list and stuff. And I was looking down. None of that, really, man. Nah. I was, uh... <laughs> Jeffrey ain't gonna do that. They're they're smarter than that, man. They they ain't gonna fall for that shit. Um, but yeah, Jeffrey Lurie, one of the best owners in the NFL. Obviously, uh, players commend him. It ain't like Jerry World down in Dallas with that piece of shit owner. Um, Great, and Spend whatever money that he can, you know, do whatever the fuck he wants. Um, right. So, yeah, fuck Jerry Jones. And yeah, Dallas man, Cowboys. all day. I'm saying cheers, but this is apple juice. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's uh... – Let's flip to a different script. Uh, you know, just some NFL news. Obviously, some big shit's been going on lately. Um, Yannick Ngakwe uh, from the Jags got traded finally. Got traded to the Vikings for a second-round pick and a fifth-round pick, I believe. Oh, man. Um, either way, uh, compensation, man, it made it really intriguing uh, for the Eagles. Even if it was a one-and-done, man, it would have been really intriguing uh, to maybe pursue that. I understand. We don't got the money for that. Like I said earlier, um, we do – we even have, you know, some offensive line issues that we may have to address. So, overall, I'm not ridiculing Howie for not making that move, although he did go for a lot less than what I expected. Um, so, I mean, That's that insane. Vikings defensive line is going to be monstrous. I know. I'm kind of like – Him and uh, – what is it? Denell Hunter. Oh, my goodness. That defensive line is their their defense is going to be monstrous. They got I was uh, I forget who tweeted I think it was Ian Rappaport, but uh, they got two you know basically Pro Bowlers at every level of their defense. So you know you got Danell um, Danell Hunter and uh, Yannick and, and Gakwe, and then you got uh, Anthony Barr and what is Kendricks Eric Kendricks I believe his name is it's Michael Kendricks brother. Um, and then in the secondary, you got uh, Anthony Harris and um, the Har- Harrison Smith, those two safeties. So, I mean, at every level, they got, you know, elite talent. Uh, so, that defense is looking pretty crazy. 
Um, another move out of Jacksonville, you know, today they cut Leonard Fournette. That was really surprising. Yeah. Um, looks like they're cleaning house. They're getting everybody out of there from that uh, 2017 AFC championship team. You got to think about some of the guys they've let go between Malik Jackson, Calais Campbell, Jalen Ramsey, um, yeah. AJ Bowie. Uh, now we got Yannick. We got uh, Leonard Fournette. Um, which Leonard Fournette, man, you're telling – Doug Marone came out, their head coach came out and said, you know, we couldn't even get like a fifth or sixth rounder for him, man. That blows my mind because uh, yeah. I don't know if you remember, but Leonard Fournette was number eight on my top ten running backs list. Yeah, no, no, I'm hip. And that's why I was like yeah. – when this happened today, I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, they're, they're, they're the Jacksonville Jaguars, and they're going to do some very weird shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what we see now, you know what I mean? They – <laughs> they do some weird stuff, but uh, yeah, they're clearing house, and uh, you know it'll be interesting to see what that team does this year. I, I heard interesting some to you see know, where it goes. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting, man, because they're they're looking like a a team that's starting over. But um, yeah. Leonard Fournette is very interesting, man. About twelve hundred rushing yards last year, about five hundred receiving yards, three touchdowns. Um, and he gets cut for nothing. You know what I mean? A thousand yard rusher gets cut. You don't get anything for him. I know he's on the last year of his deal, but very weird. Um, so he yeah, has until 4 p.m. tomorrow uh, to clear waivers. Um, so, it, you know, it'll just go in the waiver order, whoever, if, if anybody places a claim on him, um, which I totally expect somebody will definitely take a flyer on Leonard Fournette. He's a, he's a very good running back, in my opinion. Um, do I think the Eagles will, eh, like I said, we have, you know, some holes elsewhere that we really need to focus on in order to make this team as good as it, as it can be. Um, it's interesting. Go ahead. I feel like I was going to say, I feel like, you know, that it's just not a deal right now. I mean, cause even with miles being questionable right now, we still got, you know, like, you know what we got Boston because I, because I kind of don't feel worried even in that aspect. And and I think, I think Miles is okay. I think, once again, Eagles are just being cautious. Um, these are star players. You don't risk them in training camp or scrimmages. It's just not a smart move. Yeah. Um, with Miles, it's funny because it seems like the fan base, every time a running back becomes available, and, and it seems like the Eagles are inquiring about other running backs, you know what I mean? So, um, And they generally do go by the running back committee. Um, so it just – it has me, you know, lingering in the back of my mind. Is there some bit of worry or, you know, <laughs> some bit of thought that maybe Miles Sanders can't be that lead back, you know, that workhorse? Um, I talked to you about it uh, before the show once again, you know what I mean? And um, yeah. he is a smaller guy. Like, he is a smaller running back to be taking a beating on his body, you know, for entire games, you know, entire 16-game season. So uh, it is interesting that we get tagged with these running backs every time. Like Leonard Fournette, he's a lead back. I don't think that he's coming in to play behind Miles Sanders. You know what I mean? That would be a commitment right. you get signed to the Eagles. Um, but I do think that that speaks somewhat to Miles Sanders. You know what I mean? Uh, once again, I think he's supremely talented. It's his durability that I worry about. Um, when his, his carries and his touches started picking up at the end of last season, he started to get a little beat up. Could have yeah. just been, you know, it, it could have just been a coincidence, you know, ironic, whatever the case may be. Um, yeah. But he is a smaller back, and that is something to take note of. 
Uh, and, and at the end of the day, um, as long as Corey Clement is looking right, because I don't think Boston Scott can be, you know, if Miles goes down, I don't think Boston Scott can be the backup running back. I think Corey Clement can fill that role, and Boston Scott could then, you know, play that committee like he's going to play with Miles. Yeah, um, maybe for Howie, it's the running back factory. Exactly. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Every position, we the factory, man. Uh, and I do want to say, like, kudos to Howie for just building that depth and that security. Um, because even with losing two of our starting offensive linemen, we're not in total, you know, panic or mayhem. You know, losing Jalen Rager, we're not in total panic mode, even with Alshon being out right now. Yeah. So um, kudos to Howie for, you know, building that depth for us. Um, I guess we'll just finish out, man, with, uh, you know, I just, I, like I said, I did want to touch on fantasy a little bit. Um, cause it's been very interesting how these drafts have played out, especially with COVID rookies, um, mm-hmm. in our first draft, which you weren't in my draft last night, last night I did a, uh, 16 team draft, uh, with, uh, all about the birds podcast, uh, league and, um, 16 teams. I've never done. Uh, a, I've never been part of a league with 16 teams. I've done 14 um, and even 10. Uh, I, I do 12 for the most part, um, but I've never done 16. And it was fairly interesting because um, I know in previous drafts, even at 12 or 14 teams, your pickings get very scarce at the end, and you're just taking a lot of risks in those like last two to three rounds. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, your sleepers, guys that you think might do well this season. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but this season, it just seems like, especially in our 12-team draft, I mean, Jalen Rager was available in, like, the 10th or 11th – or 9th, 10th, 11th round, you know what I mean, of a 15-round draft. That's crazy because he, he's going to contribute for the Eagles. I believe that. Like, yeah. Um, a lot of the rookies, Lamb, Justin Jefferson, a lot of these rookies weren't picked up. Brandon Ayuk off of the 49ers was in the waiver pool, you know what I mean, uh, after the draft. So, I mean, I went out and grabbed him. Um, but it's just interesting to me to see how this draft played out. So, I did want to grab your uh, – just, like, your value pick. Like, who did you – who do you think out of – because obviously in the first and second round, even the third round – you know, even the first four rounds, I think you're you're bound to get like good players. You know what I mean? Yeah. Players that can contribute. Um, it's once oh. you get to those later rounds, uh, fifth round, sixth round, and after that, you really see the value picks, and that's usually where you win or lose your uh, your league. Um, so, what was what was a great value pick that you're just like stoked? Like you got them in that round, like you didn't think that you would have been able to do that. Well, that's the funny thing, because I, I got to mention this. Well, before I mention this, though, I got to know when you picked up Goddard when the fantasy we played, because, look, I it was later in the rounds. No, it was later in the rounds, and I was like, all right, he's available. Boom, boom. No one's getting him. No one's getting him. And I think you were right before me. I was like, yeah, no one's getting him. Bet. Doo. I was like, <laughs> I was like, great. But then I got Miles Sanders because of that, because of you with that. So I was like, all right. But the thing about me, my value pick, the value pick, man, I did get it show up a little bit late, but getting Kyler Murray and McLaurin, I don't know. It's a toss-up between two because with McLaurin, he's got Alex Smith. 
I think they could do good. You know, I think he's going to kill it. But with Kyler Murray, you know, he's got, you know, Hopkins, in, in, or, yeah. you know, and yeah. that could be explosive. The thing about Kyler Murray as well is um, – and, and it's why he's, like, a great choice for a fantasy quarterback is because he runs the ball a lot too, um, similar to, like, Lamar Jackson. Obviously not to that scale, but Lamar Jackson's on a different scale. But, like, yeah. Kyler Murray falls in line with, like, Josh Allen, uh, Sean Watson – you know, guys that have designed runs for them, which if he picks up a 10-yard scramble, that's a point right there, boom. You know right. what I mean? On top of whatever else he's throwing out there, which he's a, he's a good quarterback. So um, those dual threats are really good value in uh, fantasy leagues. I kind of um, want to put my money on uh, Kyler, though, being mine. Cause yeah, yeah. I, I'm very excited. I'm very excited. What about I you, bro? Actually, like uh, I was actually excited I got Josh Allen in, like, the 10th or 11th round or 12th, somewhere down there, man. And um, – I think he's going to be a pretty good quarterback. He's another guy that runs the ball a lot. Um, and he's got some new weapons in there, you know, with Stephon Diggs. So, that's I, th- I think that's pretty exciting. Um, my best value pick is definitely um, Keenan Allen, man. I got him in, like, the fifth or sixth round, and I was so confused on how he was still there. Like, another guy that's, like, a top ten wide receiver uh, on my list, man. And I know he's uh, – I know, I know, I kind of know what it's stemming from because they got so much uncertainty with uh, their quarterback situation in, in L.A. with the Chargers. Yeah. But Keenan Allen's a guy that gets his, bro. He, he's, he's going to get his regardless of who the quarterback is. He's the quarterback's best friend. So, yeah. um, I have no worries. I thought that was a great pick uh, that I got late in the draft. Um, as far as the Goddard pick, man um, – I had my eye on him from the jump. Obviously, I like getting Eagles players, you know, just because I can root for them while the Eagles are playing. Um, But Goddard is a guy that I have a lot of confidence in. And the thing about him is that they got him listed, you know, so far down on the tight ends list that if you're not an Eagles fan, you'll forget about him. You know what I mean? And he is a backup, technically. Um, But he's a guy for the tight end position. If you're not getting, like, those top three, four, or five guys, uh, you know, the Austin – not Austin Hooper. I mean, he's good, too. Um, Mark Andrews, Waller, uh, Kelsey Kittle, Ertz. If you're not getting those guys, Goddard's going to put up some numbers this year. Just watch. He's going to put up similar numbers to, um, you know, a sixth or seventh best tight end, honestly. Um, Yeah, you're the reason why I got Austin Hooper. Dude, Gronk (laughs) is another one that was – like super low in the draft range, man. That's Tom Brady's best friend. If you don't think that he's gonna cook in that offense, yeah, you're yeah. confused, man. Exactly, bro. He's another one. I got him in like my eighth round last night. I was so confused, but oh, you know, nice. Whatever. But it's like you said, there's a lot of options. There is a lot like, of yeah. options, man. I was, you know, I'm getting to the tenth round. I'm like, ooh, he's, you know what I mean? Like he's still here. Like what? <laughs> but um, I think it just shows you the type of wild card the NFL is this season, you know what I mean? And um, I'm excited about it. This this draft tomorrow will be interesting, man. Yeah, I, I can't wait, dude. I, I was thinking about live streaming it, but I just feel like it could get, like, really boring towards the end, yeah. so I'm just going to not do that. That would be, like, a really long, you know what I mean, video. So it's like <laughs> it's not worth it. Um, we can just recap it and, you know, talk about it all season when we match up yeah. and stuff. But um, right. it's exciting. Scotty talks fantasy football league starting tomorrow. So that's that's yeah. exciting. I love fantasy drafts. 
Um, yeah, me too, man. It's fun. I guess we should cap it off, man. It's been a great episode. You know, I love the dialogue every time we get on here, man. Me too, brother. Um, man, Eagles, just stay healthy, man. Keep these guys healthy down the stretch. Um, don't risk them anymore. You know, guys like Deshaun Jackson down these last two weeks before the season starts, don't even risk it, man. There's yeah. there's certain guys we can't afford to go down, especially in training camp or uh, preseason, you know. Um, so, you know, Eagles, stay healthy. Um, Flyers, we need this dub tomorrow. Let's not go home early, man. Um, and then once again, you know, just shout out to my man Giovanni. Good luck in your search or in your surgery tomorrow, buddy. Um, we're all praying for you and uh, supporting you from behind. Um, yeah, man. Shout out to my Drexel Dragons. I start grad school soon. Uh, you know, I beat that. Girl, it's pretty tough. Girl got me some gear for my birthday, so I'm excited about that. <laughs> um, but yeah, man. Cheers to another great episode. Uh, yeah, man. Eagles talk. We're almost to football season. Um, yeah. We're going to have some uh, nice guests coming on the show here soon. They'll, they'll be announced later on. Um, it's exciting times, man. You're just trying to grow the podcast. Um, trying to grow the podcast, man. We're trying to do it good. Do not forget to like and subscribe this video. Remember to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, all of them. Um, support show support find us on twitter st philly sports one instagram st philly sports one um my personal twitter and instagram scotty drown you can find my man willie willie da vinci you see the tags underneath the screen man go follow us Um, and make sure you're sharing the videos we want to touch you know as many philadelphia fans lives as we can um it's really exciting, man. Football season's almost here. Um, I'm going to be the guy that's out on the streets, you know, when the games is on. I'm going to be at those outdoor bars, man. And uh, I'm going to be mingling with Philadelphia Eagles fans. And, you know, maybe I'll go live stream out on the streets in Philly, just talking to fans. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to interact with fans. I'm trying to build a platform. And, you know, we're just having fun doing what we love, talking about what we love. So uh, Hey, who knows? They might get a, a Scotty Talks t-shirt here soon. Yeah, the t-shirts are coming, man. Dead ass. <laughs> They're going to be sick. <laughs> I know. Trust me. They're going to be sick, man. Uh, and we got a, you know, a couple promotions coming on coming up soon. So it, it's an exciting yeah. time for Scotty Talks uh, Philly yeah, Sports man. Podcast, man. And, um, you know, like I said, be sure to definitely check out my writing on um, – Section 215, as well as all about the birds website, all about the birds.com. Um, exciting times, Willie. Yeah, uh, if man. you have any edits you need, hit my man <laughs> Willie up for the right price. Hey, thank you, bro. Oh, as always. And Sick by the way, logo, awesome man. Article. Oh, thanks, man. I was going to say, awesome article, bro. Like, I really <laughs> loved it. <laughs> that shit was awesome. Hey, man, over 34,000 views on that article uh, up, up until yesterday. It was only out two days, so I'm glad you guys are digging my Sixers talk. But, um, yeah, that's it for another episode of Scotty Talks Philly Sports. Yeah. Uh, make sure to tune in. You know, next episode, we're going to have a special guest. It's going to be real fun. Uh, Willie, any any last words? All right, keep on rocking, brother. That's all keep I got to say. Keep on rocking. Scotty out, Willie out. Let's get it. Peace, man. <laughs>